Welcome, everybody, to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. I'm Dustin Rubio, part of the Limitless Leadership team and youth pastor at City Church Swansea. And I'm Tim Alford, National Director of Limitless and volunteer youth leader at the Source Church Malvern. And this is a conversation designed to help youth leaders connect, think, and grow. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Sadly, Dustin is not amongst us today, uh, but to make up for it, uh, <laughs> I have a good friend of mine, Pete Hopper. Pete, welcome to the hey. Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hey, how you doing? It's yeah. good to be here. Really, really, really good to have you with us. So, Pete, uh, before we get any, any further into this and what we're going to talk about today, just tell us a little bit about yourself tell us a little bit about your family tell us a little bit about your journey in youth ministry wow okay so my name's pete i'm 30 something and that's all you need to know <laughs> i am married i have two beautiful kids um my wife is called ruth and she's a physiotherapist um and the best mum ever and my two children are uh Five and one. Need to get this right. Yeah, you like had to pause right. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just well, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be honest. Um, that's why. It's just time has gone so fast because it's been so joyous. Oh, that's way. what it is. That's what, what it is. is. So, yeah, um, I am currently in youth ministry after maybe a, a, yeah, a decade break, 10 or 11 years break. So I trained as a youth worker in Leicester um, and did quite a lot of church slash Christian based street ministry and youth work. Uh, with last chances and ne'er-do-wells and those ruffians and the scallywags that we all love working with <laughs> um, in the main streets of the black country for a while. And I loved that. I did music ministry, so I was involved with kind of doing creative arts ministry in schools and prisons and uh, all that kind of stuff. Did the festivals and all that jazz. Um, and then the money dried up um, for youth work, it seemed, overnight in like 2008. And I found myself working for a youth work organisation but doing... Uh <laughs> doing um, careers advice for 30-somethings who should know better, really. So I was like, okay, what am I doing here? This wasn't really what I was being called to do at the time. So, and I had a hankering that I wanted to do something a bit arty. So I started doing graphic design. So I went to graphic design. So I s kind of skewed off into a world of advertising for tw 10 years. But as I did, I felt God was calling me for something else. And he said, you're being trained right now for something else. Oh, that's cool. Um, and uh, someone prophesied actually directly over me and said, you're going to be trained for something else, something that is uh, bigger than you, bigger than kingdom. Uh, sorry, bigger than you, bigger than your ego and uh, bigger than kingdom. And just and for the, sorry, I need to say that again. So something that is uh, bigger than you, bigger than your ego and something for the kingdom. And that was given to me as a prophecy, a very brave prophecy over my life. <laughs> God knows me really well. So, um so I went into graphic design thinking, oh, maybe this is only a couple of years and then I'll maybe get a job as a creative in a church somewhere. But it, 10 years on and, and I was still there, but I got itchy a couple of years ago and I felt God say, it's all right, you can go now, you can look. Now is the time. And um, by the power of Facebook, um, someone um, dropped a job onto my uh, feed that was for Open Doors. Um, and I've always been passionate for church unity and church growth and Open Doors being a persecuted charity, someone that I hadn't really uh, really done a lot of work with before or paid much attention in, in all honesty. Um, but I looked through the job description and every single thing that I'd been doing over the last 10 years, it was like tick, 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 tick on this job description. So I found myself in this place where God had revealed this job to me that seemed like really perfect. And it was the, the way in, it was the, the direction back into youth ministry that God had promised like 10 years ago. So um, I'm here, I'm working with young people and young adults to um, just help them to be a voice for the church, be a voice for the persecuted, to uh, 
to pursue church unity, to um, understand what it is to be part of a church that um, looks very different around the world, um, to be part of one big church gl- uh, global family. So that's that's where I am. That's what I'm doing now. And um, I love my job. I love what I'm doing. And, and I love the journey that God's taken me on. It's been a crazy journey that I could never have made up. Yeah. Like if I was to say to get to here, I wouldn't have gone the direction that I've yeah, gone. But yeah. I've experienced yeah. so much. And uh, God has taught me so much. Um, and uh, as only God does, he has a perfect plan for you. He has a path for you. Um, and uh, he takes you on that uh, on that path if you allow him to, to lead in your life. Yeah, guess, 100%. So. 100%. Yeah. Okay, so Pete, you've given us a little bit of a, a, an overview there. Yeah. But for those who, who are not too familiar with Open Doors, t- tell us um, who are Open Doors, yep. what do they do, yep. um, and you're the youth manager of Open Doors, yeah. and so specifically delve a little bit into yep. what, what does the youth ministry of Open Doors do? Yeah, okay, so we'll start with what Open Doors is. We are a charity who look to support persecuted Christians around the world. What does that mean? So Christians who are um, who suffer because they've chosen to follow Jesus effectively, not because of any other reason, but because they're Christians, they are specifically suffering, whether it's from local, even if it's family or local uh, communities, up to government level where it is illegal for you to follow your faith uh, as a Christian in the country that you live in. So we support those Christians. How did we start? We started by a guy called Brother Andrew. God Smuggler might be a book that some of you may have read. Uh, that may be an echo in your memory of something you may have read in your in uh, in your childhood days, and uh, this guy, a very brave guy, started going into what was then uh, what we would call the Eastern Bloc in the fifties uh, and sixties, sharing Jesus uh, in a country where that was completely closed to the gospel. So he started smuggling Bibles into the country in a beetle. So he would hide in those big arches of the beetle. He would hide Bibles everywhere he could and go into the countries and share Jesus with people and also serve as an encouragement to the little pockets of Christians that were left over in each of those countries. So that's how it started, really. So it started as a Bible-smuggling, dangerous, kind of um, subversive, illegal uh, movement in some of the eyes to go in and share Jesus with people. And it's just exploded from there. Open Doors exploded from there, and we work in over 60 countries now. Um, We have bases all around the world, and we work with loads of churches all over the place from from places that you would have heard of, like Iraq and Syria, to countries that I can't even pronounce, that have got little pockets of Christians everywhere who are living really bold, really brave lives because they've chosen to follow Jesus um, under crazy pressure um, all around them because whether it's illegal or whether it's just frowned upon, you know. So that's what we do. We we do it because we love the church. We do it because we love... um, We love... Uh, to see that we want to see the church thrive brother andrew one of the first verses that god gave him was um uh, was to strengthen what remains and is about to die strengthen the church why do we just think about the church is a question that we asked we're asked a lot the reason is because we want the church to do what it was called to do is to share the gospel with people we want the church to thrive to be what it was called to be which is to be salt and light in the place so yeah by sharing, by helping the churches around the world, we're helping them to be salt and light and to share the gospel with people who haven't heard it yet. Amazing. So ultimately what we're doing, it's all about the gospel. Really. So in terms of the youth, what we do here in the UK and what that looks like, what we're trying to do is I believe that young people can be the movers and the shakers within the churches they're a part of. Yeah, so they can 
where a church has maybe fallen asleep or gotten a little bit kind of apathetic in places, I believe the young people can bring a freshness mm. and a boldness to faith that is really inspiring for everyone, younger and older. Yeah. And I really believe that, that young people can do that. I really believe young people can be the change that, you know, you know I've sat through so many uh, preachers as a young person and as an adult where, I, where people say, go on, go change the world, be released, do it, be bold in Jesus. And, and I really still believe that. I still believe that the younger generation, that young people, young adults can be the change that we want to see. Mm. I really believe that. So my, my uh, principal task is to allow and to facil- facilitate young people in up and down the country in the UK to be a voice for the persecuted, to say to the church, wake up, this is a problem. There are 200 million Christians who every day uh, experience um, extreme persecution on the extreme end of persecution every so day. Say that again. How many? Two hundred million. So we're looking at two hundred million yeah. people. Wow. So nearly, we're looking at nearly one in ten Christians in the world uh, wake up um, to the knowledge that they could be exp- they could experience in any given day that um, extreme end of persecution. There's two types of persecution that we would call the smash and the squeeze. The squeeze is to some extent maybe what we would experience or some people would say they're experiencing in the UK where the church was the centre of things, the centre of kind of uh, moral law, the centre of running things in the country and now we don't. Uh, We were the centre of community and and now the churches are being maybe marginalised and pushed to the Mm. edges Mm. where we're not as free to say whatever we want as Christians. We're not free to share the gospel as we once were. Uh, the squeeze can sometimes look like just being passed over for a job because you're a Christian yeah. or not being accepted into a school or a college, which is very, which is, is it happens a lot around the world just because you're Christian yeah. or being at the back of the queue for medicines. So then what happens then is that if you get sick and get ill, you have to go to a loan shark in order to get money. And then what we do see is 40 million Christians we know roughly um, are in bonded labor otherwise known as slavery right now wow. because they've fallen into 40 debt. 40 million, wow. Yeah, because they've fallen into debt because they can't get access to the, the basics that other people can access mm. because they're Christian. So that's the squeeze. And then this smash is where governments complete are focusing and targeting um, Christians because they want to wipe Christianity from, from their country. And so what would some of the nations be that are experiencing some uh, of that right so now? So you would look at Somalia, Sudan, North Korea, obviously would be... North Korea has been the most dangerous for Christians for 17 years. Wow. Um, and there are lab- there are labor camps that we know r- we know around eighty thousand Christians are in labor camps at the wow. moment. It's just it's like a um, thing of the past, but yeah, it's right now. Yeah, it's isn't right it? now. It's, it's happening right now. right now. It's right now, and the stories that we hear every day are so like the Book of Acts. Mm. It's untrue. Where wow. we hear persecution happening, but the gospel spreading because of it. You look when you read through the Book of Acts, and it's so I, I'm, inspiring. I'm just going to stop, stop yeah, you there, Pete, because you th- you just said something that's very interesting me yeah. to me. You said persecution happening and the gospel spreading because of it yeah you didn't say and the gospel spreading in spite of it no because you said the gospel spreading because of it unpack that for a little a little bit for us why does the gospel spread because of persecution okay so i'm not a scholar in any way but when i read through acts yeah i see the early believers getting moved out of town chased out of places like with either a roman spear or or the established uh, religious order chasing them but then carrying the message of Jesus with them. And everywhere they went, they shared Jesus and people became Christians. And the only reason they moved was because they were being pursued. 
So actually, they were human. Let's let's hunker down. Let's kind of hunker down and get comfortable. Establish a new church here. But they didn't. They were forced to move. They moved out because of persecution, because it was too dangerous for them to stay where they were. So they spread across and across to Europe, across the Middle East and across to Europe really fast, carrying the message of Jesus with them. Yeah. And I believe, <coughs> that's not to say that God couldn't have done it another way, but he used persecution in order to spread the gospel really far. And then what yeah. we see now is that when the persecuted churches are forced underground, Christianity spreads faster. Jesus talked about it, didn't he? He talked about the, the kingdom of God being like mustard. Yeah. He talked about it a few times. Um, in mustard seed in terms of faith, but he also talked about mustard where it, where it kind of grows into this massive tree. And yeah. he talk, but, yeah. but mustard at the time was a pest plant. It was like a low-lying, fast-growing weed that would go under walls and break fences and all that kind of stuff. And they weren't allowed to plant it around where they were. And um, Jesus kind of likened the kingdom of God as that. Kind of like you can lop, you can try and lop it off, you can try and get rid of it, but guess what? It's still going to grow. Wow. It's going to find its way. So what we found in China in the 80s um, is that they, they, tried to, they tried so hard to wipe the church out. They killed so many pastors. They had teams of spies, and that very often it happens in North Korea as well now. But in China, they tried their hardest to stamp the church out, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. We delivered one mil million Bibles in one night um, on a on a ship into a cove in China because there was Amazing. so much need for Scripture that we delivered a million, or, or just as you do, you know, in one night, um, because there was so much need and thirst for the Scripture. And wow. as it as it is, the church in China is still persecuted, and if it gets too big. The, the 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 fist of the government comes down on them even in january this year a massive church building that had only been up for 10 years um, i think they've got 40,000 people in their congregation wow um they the government just brought the building down they just decided yeah. you know you're too big for your boots so we're just going to knock the building down so they still suffer that kind of persecution yeah. but they've lost the battle i really believe they've lost the battle to try and wipe the church out and the church is all over the place in China yeah. and still spreading. Okay, so Peter, talk to us about then. You, you, you know, some scary numbers that you're sharing with us there. Yeah. Was it 200 million? Yeah. Uh, persecuted Christians around the world. Hmm. Uh, even in North Korea, you said 40,000 in, in 80,000. Uh, 80, yeah, yeah, that we know in, of in, in, in labor yeah, camps. Yeah. In labor camps, and and they're s they're scary numbers. Um, so so why is it important? Uh, and we're going to get on in a few moments to specifically how we can help engage our young people in some of this yeah. stuff yeah yeah but let's start with the why. why why is it important that we who are in a more privileged position i guess in yeah. in, in, in in some sense in some ways in yeah. that we're able to worship freely in this yeah. country um as it stands uh why should we do something yeah. yeah why is it important that we that we help yeah at this point it would be easy for me to become like the kind of the end is an eye guy and just say because at some point yeah the church isn't a but that's not what i'm that's not what i'm going to say because i don't really necessarily believe that's helpful what i do think is helpful is to understand that by listening to and hearing the voice of the persecuted around the world and allowing their stories to kind of soak in and sink in we understand that actually suffering and bad times is not the end to our faith. Right. So, and actually it can be the making of our faith. Mm. So, <laughs> countless stories, I'm in a such a privileged position of hearing stories every day of Christians that overcome amazing odds, incredible odds, um, and uh, have every opportunity to, to get off the next exit and say, no, I'm just not going to follow Jesus, this is too much for me. 
uh, and actually I want an easy life. But these are people who time and time again say, no, I can't deny what I know to be true. Jesus has met me. I've met Jesus. I know him in my life. I've seen the miracles happen because of who he is and his power in me. So I need to stand with boldness. And actually, these people are are standing with boldness against um, suffering that comes specifically because they've chosen to follow Jesus. So, but what their story teaches me is that suffering is not the end. Suffering is not a challenge to my faith. When I suffer or I hit hardship, it's not a uh, an evaluation of how good I am as a Christian, how close to Jesus I am, um, how whether I'm in sin or not. It's not about that. Actually, this is about um, Jesus promises that if we follow him, that we're going to suffer. Actually, he says, blessed are the persecuted. Mm. Um, Paul talks about it. He says to Timothy, look, uh, um, when you, if you live a life for Christ, you're going to suffer persecution. And you see it all the way through the New Testament. Now, obviously, it's easy for me to say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up all the persecuted verses, aren't I? Because I, I, I represent an organization which um, supports persecuted Christians, and that's what we're about. That's our story. Um, but I really do believe it that actually in understanding what it's like to hold the fact that we love and we're in relationship with a loving God and yet can suffer at the same time, holding those two things in tension is actually something that I think God wants us to pursue and understand and maybe live with because we see it all over the world. That actually yeah. you can live in the tension of knowing the provision and the protection and um, the infilling of the loving God while being chased from your home, having the church building knocked down, being being arrested, being thrown into prison for your faith. Um, down to the little things like just understanding that actually it's not the most rock and roll decision in the UK right now to follow Jesus and understanding that that's okay, that's cool. Um, so I think it's it's really important to know as well that we are part of a massive family. We're part of a global family, right? So it, um, in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, it says, you know, when, when one part suffers, all suffers. Mm. Um, but we're, I believe it's really important for us to extend our idea of what it is to be part of church. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about church unity, and sometimes that it's hard enough to get church unity within your own congregation, right? To, to know what, what songs to sing on a Sunday or whatever, or... Um, what the youth room is going to look like, whether you have Xboxes or Playstations. It's hard to find unity in those things. <laughs> but but when we talk about church unity, maybe we pat ourselves on the back when, when we do a United Youth Service with a couple of youth groups regionally, or we go to we go to Limitless Festival in the summer, uh, and we say, yeah, this is church unity. It's young people across the UK together. Where sometimes unity stops in our heads in the UK is maybe it's an island mentality, but we don't often think of church unity globally. Mm. And we're part of a big family. Yeah. We're part of a massive family. And even though we say those big numbers, 200 million Christians are persecuted, we're part of a family which is 2 billion strong. Yeah. Over 2 billion strong, right? So two bi over 2 billion people believe that Jesus is their Savior and Lord. Come on, that's something to celebrate, right? Absolutely. But within that family, there is a part of, there is a limb at the moment of that family that is suffering. Yeah. So when that limb is suffering, the rest of the body uh, has to adapt to help that limb um, when it when it's going through yeah. that suffering. One more thing, which is an inspiring thing, um, is um, just to note that we are not about the end of suffering, the end of persecution. That's not what we're about. So, like other causes, we can talk about causes a bit more. But other causes where you like you want to see 
the end to slavery or the end to poverty actually we believe that poverty is always uh, so we believe that persecution is actually always going to be with us and can i share a story quickly with you yeah right. so one of my mates mike from australia um he was over in china and he was speaking to a chinese pastor who went through the tough times in the 70s and the 80s and was part of the underground movement and mike asked him he said so pastor how can we pray for you what one thing should we pray for you and he said um right pray that persecution never ends wow and mike was like what huh and he said, yeah, pray that persecution doesn't... And Mike was like, why? And he says, because I've seen your church. And he says, I've seen what happens to a church when it gets comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Deal with that. Like, wow. So Mike understood there straight away that actually what persecution has done for them is allowed the church to spread and it's kept the church on its toes. It's kept the church close to God. Wow. I mean, there's nothing like uh, a bit of suffering to improve your prayer life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so rather than run away from suffering and persecution, they are learning to embrace it. So yeah. what we as Open Doors are trying to do is to support them in their persecution. So we're, we're trying to support them to strengthen them while they go through what they go through, yeah. and which is amazing. I mean, th which is why I'm so humbled by hearing their stories because they're, they're incredibly st they're stronger than I will ever be. You know, well, I... I that's maybe a lack of faith, you know what I mean? But yeah. I, I hear stories from them that makes me think, wow, could yeah. I, could I, yeah. could I do that? And, and what's coming out from what you've said there, Pete, for me is this sense that actually the, the reason we should get involved is yes, because um, th there's a, a part of the body that's suffering and yeah. it's our, our responsibility, therefore, as part of our family, part of our body to help. Yeah. But actually equally, it's, it's what it does in us. It's yeah, the faith that it stirs in us. It's the yeah. courage that it's, it stirs in us. It's yeah. perspective. That it that it realigns yeah. in us. These are th so it's a it's a two way street that you're talking about. And so, uh, in terms of engaging our young people, actually, it's going to really help them with some of their questions of suffering. It's really yeah, going to help them on. when they they're the, they're the one kid in their in their classroom and and people are laughing and joking at yeah, them. And actually, yeah. they go, oh, but I, but last night I was at youth and we talked about that that Christian in Sudan and yeah. and, and I remember what they went through and it's going to give me the courage yeah. to stand up here. Yeah. So so I'd love you to talk to us, Pete, about some really practical things for a youth leader listening how can we help our young people to engage in this yeah, yeah. Talk, okay. talk to us really practically about so uh, with my open doors hat on i would say um, we've got a bunch of resources which can help you do that so we've got um, youth work sessions that um, we've got one out called guts and courage at the moment um, which introduces this idea for youth groups so they can go through that's just one session um, with there's a number of different ways that we can help you to engage keep reading i would say read the stories so we have stories that come up on our on our instagram feeds all the time um not just instagram but facebook everywhere wherever wherever you are we try to be and we will share those stories and the more you read these stories they really do build faith so i would encourage young people to keep reading those stories um i know it seems like christianity one 101 but read the bible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> keep reading the bible keep reading it so i would challenge just go through the book of acts and see how the church spread yeah. watch how the church grew yeah. and the reasons why the church moved the way it did and understand and just read the testimonies of how the early believers and the early church leaders came through incredible trials in order to do what they did you know paul wrote most of his amazing stuff but in prison like in the prison cell yeah, that's right like john yeah, wrote epistles. revelation in exile you know like yeah. there's so many of the new testament was written in the backdrop of yeah. persecution so maybe read i would challenge you maybe read 
the scripture in a slightly different way not from yeah. a western perspective where we've got quite a comfy church over here and yeah. and we we're, we're free as you say free to worship um look a bit silly in the eyes of some people but we're free to do it nonetheless yeah look it th- look at it through the eyes and read the stories through the eyes of someone who if they even uttered the name of Jesus by saying Jesus is Lord was committing treason mm. and treason was payable by death yeah and not just a like a quick death like um like a spear through the heart it was a nasty death so it would have been i mean the romans loved loved killing people and killing people slowly for entertainment so whether it was lions or crucifixion as we know um it would have been a gruesome death so treason was um was harshly punished so just by saying jesus is lord something that we sing all the time Mm. it was a um treachery it was treason Mm. it was it was so read read scripture through that so i would encourage you if in whatever way you can get young people falling in love with the bible you know that's where it starts you know read those stories because it's so rich yeah that's good and in some in terms of some of those resources and sessions that you talked about yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is that available on open doors website yeah 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 which they're free is they're free so open go opendoorsyouth.org uh, yeah, and all of our resources are free to download, so Brilliant. download them there. And in terms of some of those stories, have you got a, a YouTube channel that where some of those yeah, stories so are uh, documented? Yeah, so we've we got we've got uh, some great videos. We've had some some great people like like yourself at some points do some stuff <laughs> for us on our you, you, you'll find Tim on our YouTube channel at some point. Um, but yeah, we've we've had some great people like Beth Croft in the past and. Um, and and Mike and then Pete Gregg uh, like t- share the stories of um, on behalf of some of the persecuted Christians. So um, we've got some great stories there, but we do share them in very small bite-sized format on Instagram most days. So okay. um, at least four or five times a week, we'll share a story from from the world um, just to inspire you. Okay. And uh, yeah, and if there's a specific country that you've got a heart for, because this very often happens, like sometimes drops a country into your heart. Yeah. Um, and you just want to pray for that country. Yeah. We would love to resource you to understand how to pray more. Fantastic. For that and, and a youth group, I guess, could, could do that almost to in a sense, adopt the yeah. country to pray for, yeah. to hear the stories yeah. from so we have uh, a thing within their groups. Yeah, we have yeah. a thing called the World Watch List, yeah. which is something that very clever people wearing tweed, big beards, and probably smoke pipes as well. <laughs> they, every, they're academics, they're amazing, but they are positioned to watch the world, and that's what they do. They watch the world and they create a list of the top 50 countries where it's hardest to be a Christian. Right. On a number of different factors, economics, um, polit- politics, war, um, all that kind of stuff, um, freedom of religion. And this list is really, really helpful um, for young people to start to engage with these kind of subjects. So get yourself a World Watch map. That's also free. You can put that up on your wall. There's some st- handy stickers that you can stick on the country that you're praying for, but you can remove the stickers and move them around. So 50 countries you could probably you could take the map and use it for a year if you wanted to um, yeah. two weeks off of christmas if you want and <laughs> and get get the young people praying for a different country fantastic we, we say like idea, we yeah. say whatever everything that you can do in terms of practical help like we we get young people to raise some money for our work very definitely when you're a bit older you can travel with us to come out and see the work firsthand and meet some of the church leaders and hear their stories for yourself and with all those kind of opportunities that uh, that we would ask you to do, but first and foremost, just pray. Brilliant. Just pray because uh, one church leader w- um, in Iraq said um, it was the last year, and I was speaking to him. He said, uh, 
your prayers are like a wall of fire around us. Wow. Isn't that cool? A great image that they feel our prayers. They know, they understand when we're yeah. praying. And if you want another practical way of doing it, we have a, if you write an, uh, an email to inspire at opendoors.org, um, uh, sorry, opendoorsuk.org, inspire at opendoorsuk.org, and write an email and put encouragement app as the subject header. Write a prayer. Put down your favourite verse. Say uh, and and write a message to one of the persecuted uh, Christians or leaders around the world directly to them, and we will get it translated and then sent out to That's them. That's so good. Yeah. So so within a week they'll have dropped into a special app that we've designed for them an encouragement from you amazing and that's something again a youth group could do together yeah and you can do it as many times as you want as well so you could do that every week if you wanted to so keep keep praying keep sending encouragements it doesn't have to be a typed it could be a picture it could be a short video if you wanted to like a snapchat length video if you wanted to um that can then get translated and sent out to persecuted christians so we can really get your young people engaged in this and help them to encourage the church around the world fantastic pete final question then as we wrap up and just going slightly broader, um, yeah. how would you encourage us as youth leaders to spot the passions in our young people, be they what they may be, they persecuted Christians, be they uh, issues of the environment, be they yeah. um, yeah, I- issues of justice or poverty, be they passions of uh, other passions, passions yeah. about music, passions about what whatever, but but to really spot the things that are in our young people and to to call to call those out of them and yeah. and to encourage them to engage with those issues and and, and make a tangible difference in yeah. the areas that, that God has put passions in their heart. Yeah, for. that's a really good question. How, w- how would we spotting them? At, uh, I guess because every young person is different. But what I would say, what I recognised in me early on was when I was younger, and what I've seen so far, so many times before, is young people who are unhappy with the status quo yeah they're, they're not comfortable with where they are there are some young people who kind of allow life to happen to them and they're all cool and it's okay but there are some young people you know who they are yeah. in your group who are just a bit they're uncomfortable in their seats you know what I mean? they're, they're just they're not satisfied with the way it is and and even that can be and that can sometimes be seen as selfishness in their part like oh you're never happy whatever we produce for you you're not happy but actually sometimes it's something bigger that's in them it's like an unrest it's like a spiritual unrest in them that actually needs to be applied further like apply them to maybe they're the activists maybe they're the ones that want that are the true world changers that want that almost in their heads they see things different so ask them the questions right so how could it be how could it be better what is it around the world expand their minds to just they're complaining because the youth group maybe they just don't like the way it's run but ask them about the world, ask them about the country, ask them about how things should be run in their mind. What, what, what would be a perfect world for you? Start asking those big questions. What would be a perfect world for you? Let them dream. Yeah. Let them dream about a world which is different from the one that they see now. Involve God in all of that. Involve the Spirit of God to come in uh, into those moments, into those conversations. And, and then go from there. I would, say, I would say it's not easy sometimes to spot an activist. Because not every activist is a is a extrovert. Not every activist is a good speaker. Yeah, some right. of them yeah. are. Uh, some of the best activists that we work with, some of our advocates who are young adult activists um, for Open Doors, they're not all great speakers, but they're brilliant activists because they're great online. They're great organisers. They'll organise events. They mm. they are incredible prayers. Uh, they're really faithful. So uh, I think 
default position would be to allow those kind of big dream conversations um but also just get to know them as much as you possibly can because i guess there's there's no hard and fast rule there's no there's no particular personality of where a world change is going to come from fantastic but i i love that idea pete that that often kind of vision is born out of out of discontent yeah uh, you know that the, the passion comes out of being unsettled and yeah. that actually from that place which can sometimes be difficult which can sometimes be frustrating yeah. actually yeah it's actually out of that place uh often out of the frustrations that we have yeah. is where change make making comes and change makers come yeah that's right uh, so that's a great thought pete thanks so much for joining us that's today cool. on the limitless leadership podcast thank you for all you're doing on behalf of the church around the world and, and on behalf of open doors um uh, we loved having you at Limitless Festival last year and being part of that. And our young people loved the session that you brought for them. And, and we continue to look forward to being on that journey with you. Uh, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in once again to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Uh, don't forget to rate on iTunes and share with your friends if this has been a helpful, that uh, a session that has been helpful to you. Uh, we love you guys. We're so grateful to, for all that you do week in, uh, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out uh, to serve. Uh, the young people that God has entrusted to you. Bless you guys, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. We want to make sure that the Limitless Leadership Podcast is tackling the issues that affect you in youth ministry. So email us at info at limitlesselam.co.uk to let us know the issues you'd like us to discuss. Stay in touch with us on social media. We're at Limitless Elam on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or however you get your podcast. See you next time.